0: We're hitting week seven. The district races are starting to heat up, and Matt and I are here to talk about it. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on the Power Plus Mouthguard North Texas Regional Football Show right here on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media, as Matt and I are going to be breaking down all of the North Texas region 4A, 3A, and 2A football. And all this is being brought to you by Power Plus Mouth Guards. You can find them online at powerplusmouthguard.com. They're the future of mouth guards. Now, if you ever watch our YouTube show, uh, our sideline to sideline YouTube, you, you see the video where Dr. My, Dr. Michael Hutchins is talking about. Uh, his mouth guard and why it works, go to their website, powerplusmouthguard.com, and not only there to order a mouth uh, guard, but also you can learn about why Power Plus Mouth Guard is the best mouth guard in the business. Uh, You learn about the history of it, but more importantly for me, you learn the data and the research. uh, Power Plus Mouth Guard has now been advertising with my shows for four years now, and, and partly because we help them, but also I believe in what he's doing. I love this game. I love football. And we all know that football is in a different era now where we're worried about head injuries, as we should be. And this is a a piece of equipment, the mouth guard, that can help you with that. And I know that sounds crazy. And the funny thing is, is it's just a really simple uh, thing. It's aligning the jaws properly. That's what this mouth guard does. And when it aligns the jaws properly, you breathe better. You get 100% oxygen in. That helps you react faster. That helps you perform better. And it helps keep you safe. Uh, Concussion rates are under 0.2%. And, again, you can find all this out online at PowerPlusMouthGuard.com go to the data and research, go to the testimonials, and then go shop and get you some mouth guards for your kid or for you if you're a weekend warrior you're playing. It doesn't even have to be football, Uh, soccer, basketball, any sport that there can be contact, this is something you want to have. And and, and these are not cheaply made. These are quality made. They're going to last, and they're going to help you perform better and keep you concussion-free. Again, check it out, powerplusmouthguard.com. All right, so. What Matt and I are going to do is we're going to break down all of North Texas. We're going to start in 4A. We're going to work our way to 2A, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And we're going to do all that when we come back on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas show with Matt Diggs on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media. Is your demanding work lifestyle in need of fire-resistant clothing that can keep up? Well, L4FR clothing should be your go-to for quality, affordability, safety, and style. All right, Terry, we're back here on the Power Plus Mouthguard North Texas show. Matt Diggs joins me. We're about to talk a little 4A, a little 3A, a little 2A across the region of North Texas. And, yes, that does include Malakoff. I don't care what anybody else says. First off, though, we're going to start a little bit west of it. Uh, I got to go finally see a big rivalry in uh, Stephenville versus Brownsville. And I got to tell you what, man, I I don't know where those two teams are going to end up when the season ends. Uh, Stephenville's got some serious injury issues now, uh, but that was one of those rivalry games of legend. The third string quarterback for Stephenville who was wearing number 45, uh, takes over after the two quarterbacks ahead of him were injured on the same play on the exact same play. Uh, and yet Stephenville is able to hold off a very good Brownsville team, man. That was a uh, Brownwood team. Excuse me. That was absolutely just a great rivalry game to go to. How you doing, Matt? <laughs>
1: And I, I'm i jealous that I didn't get to go see that. Uh, you know, when, when you got you know five and zero at, at the time uh, against uh, you know three and two, and and now now you got four and two against five and one. Uh, what a fun game! And Stephenville just continues to show that resilience, uh, and, and they're so hard to pick against. I mean, from the very beginning, yeah. I was like, I'll oh, surely they're going to beat Midlothian Heritage. Uh, Midlothian Heritage graduates, everybody has their best player transfer. Uh, they lose that game early, and you're like, okay. Well, maybe Stephenville's a little bit down. Uh, then the Everman comes along, and and now you you get that big. A statement win, is even though it's a rivalry game. And, and even though they're not even in the same region that to, they're, they're both in four, a division one, they're both going to be potentially they're playing Thanksgiving football. Yep. Uh, so I do think it tells you something. And, and even with the, the injury issues, I think Stephenville uh, is going to be a very dangerous team. Now that the problem that Stephenville is going to have that uh, Brownwood perhaps may not have is regionally speaking uh, Stephenville's got their, you know, got, got, got it, got got it cut out for them. You know, they're looking at even in their district at the defending state champions, Uh, you know, then, you know, I I think they should have a pretty clean sweep over six, four, a six, four, a hasn't really done much for me this year, but then you're looking at seven and eight and whatever four teams come out of that uh, pocket of that, that by district thing are all going to be pretty good. Uh, And and then, you're going to have that in the second round and and how that, you know, then you got to beat, you know, if they can't beat China spring once they got to do it in the playoffs. Uh, So Stephenville's road is a lot harder than Brownwood's road and Brownwood, you You know, you look at Brownwood, them springtown and Decatur are probably three far and above everybody else in region one. And that region is so weak that, you know, we, we see it every time. I mean, I remember seeing springtown and Hershey in yeah. the regional finals in uh, a couple of years ago and thinking to myself, they're going to get run out of the, run out of the court when they play, run off the field, when they play in the state semifinals. And although it wasn't necessarily run off the field, uh, Hershey had one of its best teams uh, there and, and they were competitive uh, it, it was still a pretty a foregone conclusion, and I think with Brownwood, uh, Springtown, and and Springtown is on on the on the w- way up as yeah, well. That's are. a fun team to keep an eye on. Uh, I remember watching that scrimmage against Brock and seeing the highlights of that, and Brock just had their way with Springtown. I'm thinking Springtown must be down, and the the, the early results kind of showed that. But they're trending in a good way right now, to where I can't rule them out. You know, a couple of Weeks ago, I said, just go ahead and pencil it in Brownwood versus Decatur. That's your regional finals winner. That's going to win the region. Springtown is now making me reconsider my thoughts on that.
0: Well, and let's not, and I know this is a North Central, or North Texas show, but let's not forget Lubbock Estacado. The Matadors, their only loss. We can
1: was... forget Lubbock Estacados. Go ahead. I don't know. They're man. not going
0: to, they're not going to win this week. They're not going to win the region. Just go ahead and put it out. there. Well, yeah, they're not going to win and, and this and week because they're idle. So good call there, exactly buddy. Exactly. <laughs> no. Diggs is never wrong. Diggs, Diggs is, is never, never wrong. wrong. I, it, but you got to admit in that region when there's so many teams that there's not one great one. A lot of times those lat, those region semifinal games become crap shoots. Uh, but let's go back to 5 4 a Division one. There's really only big one big matchup in that one. And I think it's a really good calibration game. Not for China Spring. We know where they're at. But for Alvarado, a team that came in... They're five and one. They had a big win against Decatur a couple weeks ago, but th- the week before that, they lost to a really solid but not great Rusk team, thirty-three to thirty. But they had been playing without their their stud quarterback, Cardea Collier. He is back or supposed to be back. I, I still, and I said this on sideline to sideline. I still think China Spring wins this game, and I still think they probably win it comfortably. But I do think Alvarado can give the Cougars some trouble.
1: So my question for you is, do we really know what China spring is? And and that's what I've been trying to figure out in, in, in kind of picking their games. I'm I'm not a, a detailed oriented view when I, when I, you know, China spring, even though know, they're in a Metroplex district and I, and I rank them every week. I just have some kind of head scratchers. Like I see this cornerstone Christian game and that being a relatively competitive game against a, a uh, team that is one in six, and you look at who else they've played, and and you look at Gunner and all that. It, it, that's just not quite there. And you look at Waco Connolly or Lacey Lakeview Connolly, as we like to call them. Our our good friend Darren Lobber, uh requested I call him Lacey Lakeview Connolly. Uh, and and that was a nice win, but then they lost to the Springtown. You're like, okay, and then yeah. getting blown out by Parish Episcopal the way they did. Do we really know about China spring?
0: <laughs> I, I think China spring right now. I, I think that there, first off, this is one of those things people don't talk about. We always talk about playing those extra games, how it helps you, you know, your, your kids get snaps. But I also believe that after two or three years of doing that, talking to like with Carthage and they even talked about it, how you get wore down, you know, seniors have been playing, you know, some of these seniors have now played like 45 high school football games uh, and you get wore down. And also, I think they're adjusting to everybody looking at them as the t- – like they that's their Super Bowl. Not that it wasn't like that last year. It was like that last year. But I think it's even more this year now that they are the two-time – technically defending state champs even though they didn't couldn't defend one of them because they moved divisions in the realignment so i still think at the end of the day when they settle down into regular four a division one opponents week to week i think you're going to start seeing them the, the real cougars uh, step up now the great thing for them is it's not like they're in a district where they're not going to be tested so we're going to know before we even get to the playoffs if, if the real china spring cougars from the last two years are still there this year
1: I, I'm just bothered by the score calibrations. I get it's week one and, and week six, but Gunter beat this team 53 to seven
0: yeah. uh, cornerstone
1: Christian out fan I, I, I wanna... 49, 28. I mean, that's, I, I get things can go off and you know, it, there's different ways scores can go, but Gunter did what you would expect a dominant state championship pedigree contender team to do. China spring, it, it, their defense is very suspect throughout uh, their, their non-district schedule and and you are completely correct. As far as district will definitely test them uh, and, and we'll know a little bit about them, but so far, and, and I get the heart of the champion and all that Ric Flair theory, <laughs> I've just not been impressed by, by China
0: spring. No, I don't disagree with you. I, I just think that, and also more and more, I think, I think you get coaches now that, that are like, Hey, we're up. Cause they were up like 40, two to 21 in that game and i think you get more and more coaches nowadays just go okay we're we're gonna we're not we're worried about style points we've got the game let's get the, let's get our guys out let's get some other sna- guys getting snaps in but let's move over to six a uh because this is not a a great district as far as who's going to advance but i do at least think it's a fun district with kennedale and, and lake worth at the top of it
1: fun is an interesting word. I mean, I, 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 like Dunbar. I think Lake worth is going to be there at the end of the day, the fourth uh, battle for fourth spot. That'll be fun. I like getting to see uh, some of my favorite teams in Carter Riverside and uh, in, in Castleberry getting to play competitive games, but uh, we already saw with Western Hills and Carter Riverside, there there's definitely a gap between, you know, those top five and, and the bottom three. So uh, to me, it's going to come down to Eastern Hills versus Western Hills for the last playoff spot. I think Eastern Hills is a little bit of a favorite right now, although they've had a couple of head scratchers uh, going back into in uh, their non-district schedule. So yeah, you know, in Kennedale versus Lake Worth, didn't Lake Worth beat them last year, if I remember right?
0: Uh, yes, they did. 10 to three, if I remember the score.
1: So, so something
0: great. So, so that's, that's your rematch
1: this week. Lake worth has got to go to Kennedale. I think Kennedale will probably write that wrong. But again, when, when Kennedale is not that dominant version of Kennedale that we've seen in the past, it throw everything else out the out the uh, window. but six four a for me, I, I just it, it it is so far down. Uh, I mean, Waxahatchee Life might even make the playoffs in this district <laughs> you know, if, if they got uh, brought down there. And uh, meanwhile, Alvarado, Stevenville, China Spring, and La Vega would all be three touchdown favorites and I think six four A is gonna get the one and done. They're gonna be fishing real quick afterwards. I don't even like talking about six four A because it's like they're gonna be playing basketball you by that, the time we're you, gearing up.
0: You say that but last year Kennedale won against La Vega in the rematch in the first round. And then they took Salina to the mat. That was a one possession game. And then Lake Worth beat Carter seven to two. Still one of the oddest scores I've seen. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I do. I mean, we kind of talked about it in the seven Four a show. when we We're talking about second rounds and stuff. I don't know if if it's Carter or if it's Wilmer Hutchins playing Lake Worth or Kennedale. If either, you know, if Lake Worth or Kennedale is going to be a, a, a dog to them, I think they might even be the favorites.
1: Well, they're not going to get past it. They're all going to lose in the first round. So you're not going to have to worry we'll about anybody in six, four, a playing anybody in seven, four, a, you're going to have to worry about Alvarado and, and Waco La Vega taking care of business. Now, Kennedale is one of those teams that if they get hot in week 11, their style of football, the the tradition they have, maybe as a one seed, they could uh, end up beating a, a Alvarado or a Waco La Vega, but I just don't think we're going to see it this year. But crazier things have happened as you, as you talked about last year, I think uh, Kennedale and Alvarado had a complete flip from week, you know, when they played in non-district and then when they played in district, it was, you know, one of those, you know, 40-point, you know, differences. So could that happen again? It's mathematically possible, but from what I'm seeing right now, I'm not putting much stock into them.
0: In 8-4-A Division one, uh, Anna's got Maybank. The, really, the two big games is Coffin versus Paris and Nevada Community versus Sulphur Springs. Get it's the, it's the first game of district for any team in this district, and we'll get an early calibration talking about that 7-4-A and who they would play. We'll get an early calibration of Paris. Again, they're 1-4, but everybody I talk hey, everybody to that are- have played them talk about how they're they're almost there they'll figure it out but then last week Pleasant Grove destroyed them 45 to nothing
1: yeah. But pleasant Grove does that too. Yeah. Uh, and and they get better as the weeks go on. I mean, it's not the pleasant Grove that uh, needed a unforeseen Brock error to uh, f- finally get a touchdown in that game and, and finally pull it out. Uh, they're figuring it out a little bit. And uh, you, you talk about Paris, talk about Kaufman and this game, even for the loser, it, I think it's going to be more about can they psychologically stay the course because yeah. wh- whoever loses this game is going to be one in five but still have a pretty favorable chance to make the playoffs uh, but you know even with Sulphur Springs and the Veda community, you know Sulfur Springs may end up at five and one. If they win the Vedic community, if they get it, they'll be at three and three. Uh, So they've got a little bit more winning under, under their belt right now. So I I think there's going to be that intangible of knowing how to win and feeling confident about winning. Whereas Paris and Kaufman are young might get down on themselves real easily and let a good team that has been overmatched and overscheduled take away from the their their pure potential. So, uh can the coaches keep their heads in in the game? I think we're going to find that out. Uh, I, I think I'm going to uh, uh probably uh ride uh Kaufman on this one. I think Kaufman uh after beating uh Sunnyvale has shown me okay, I, I think they've got it figured out. It took them a little while to, uh, because it was very ugly uh the first four weeks, but I think Think they got it figured
0: out. All right. Speaking of ugly, we were making fun of, or not making fun of it. Talking about division four, uh, a division one district six. Is that a better district than four a division two with Godley uh, and Benbrook and, and and Benbrook's four and one. Everybody else is either one and four or two and three. Yet I still feel that Godley and I think Benbrook's a legitimate team, and I still think Godley, if they can get healthy, can still be a team. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs and still be a team that could do like they did last year and, and go a couple rounds deep.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at Godley and, and, and kind of how they've, they've, they've we've featured them on the District 4-3-A report a couple of times. And, uh, you know, they they got one and they lost one. And, uh I, I, I expected a little bit more out of Cobb. I did too. It was a team I thought might be on the come up ends, especially uh, the way they, they finished and everybody they had coming back and that crazy game 70 to 63 or something uh, when they ended up losing oh, uh, in the hands. playoff. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I'm just saying. Wh- however, that ended up working. I thought you had. I thought you had all these, all the playoff scores memorized. I thought that's what you was, and Grant do at, at the bar. Well, it was 62-55. Um, you know,
0: I was just letting you finish. Uh, I, and, and I do remember that game because we were actually at it. Uh, Godley had uh, had a couple leads, and Monahan's kept clawing back. And by the way. In Region 1, Monahans. That's a team to look out for. The Lobos are the real deal. But, yeah, you know, with Godley, they had six coming back on offense, six on defense. They have Landon Thigpen, one of the best running backs in the state. A pretty solid offensive line that's pretty big for – Three A, four A level, and yet they've started out one and four, and they've been competitive in a couple of them. But the thing that bothers me is it's gotten worse. They they lost by ten to West. They lost by five to Quinlan Ford. Then they get blown out by Paradise. Then they beat a ponder team that's young and they're still figuring out. And then last or two weeks ago, because I had a buy last week, they get shut out by Gatesville. And I know Gatesville's an okay team, but to get shut out thirty to nothing, that's a concern.
1: Oh, it is absolutely a concern. And Glen Rose, the fall from grace that they've had after almost being the team that should have probably beat Carthage last year. Yep. And, and now they just can't find their footing at all. But, you know, as you said, the good news is in this district, you know, you're going to get some wins, you know, uh, you're going to get Venus and, and, and Ferris most likely. And Hillsboro. Hillsborough. Uh, and he, I, I like Benbrook too. I mean, Benbrook is one of those fun teams that you could one and nine last year, uh, four and one this year, but they already had that head scratcher, uh, Breckenridge or one of those or Bridgeport, one of those kind of teams uh, beat them la- uh, last gave them their loss. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, you, you start to pull back uh, on that Benbrook love. Uh, I, I still think the top two in this district, is Glenn and Godley, but it has been way past. But really, at the end of the day, four A Division two in the DFW area is not good. I mean, like I'm trying to do rankings for four A Division two, and I'm just like, okay, let's look at Van Alstine. Let's yeah. look at Farmer. You know, you're trying to figure out who's going to be three, four, uh, because none of them are good. I mean, even Sunnyvale, the team you thought, oh, okay, well they beat Aubrey, so they got to have, you know they got to be kind of considered that top dog. Now you're finally seeing Aubrey figure it out this this past week. Uh, So, you know, who is Aubrey? Have they kind of figured it out? Sunnyvale, then they lose to Kaufman. You're like, well, uh, Quinlan Ford, same thing there. Uh, There is a big mess in District 6-4A with Sunnyvale, Quinlan Ford, and Caddo Mills. It wouldn't surprise me to see a three-way split there uh, as far as that goes, ending up all sharing the district title. All
0: right, well, let's start with 5-4A, and then we'll hit six. Uh, Aubrey and Van Alstine, they play this week. That's probably for uh, the district championship though watch out for farmersville i know they lost to bridgeport to start but i still think that they could be one of those teams because i'm not sure any team goes unscathed in 5-4 division two i think everybody might have a loss before it's said and done in district play uh, so we'll, we'll at least know who the top two are uh, Aubrey or van alstein one of them will be three and zero, and they'll they'll be almost clinched a playoff spot and definitely in control i've been really disappointed in sanger this year uh chad rogers is the new coach and i I know they've got to turn some things around and they lost a lot, but I really thought Sanger would be way better than one in five.
1: Yeah, I, I was really, like I said, I was really disappointed with with Farmersville losing to Bridgeport. Yes. I mean, I, to me, that that completely knocked them down. I mean, That's beating the point. beta community was not a you know impressive win. The Pilot Point thing where that got rained out and Pilot Point was tired of losing and they wanted out of that game. They didn't want to play it. Ah, uh, but beating Eustis and Molina, you're expected to do that. I needed Farmersville to step up and show me that they could be Bridgeport, and the fact that they didn't, and it, you know, twenty six twenty one, you gotta win those games. And that was a game I, th- I felt them to be a relatively, you know, eighty percent favorite in that game, uh, and and so Bridgeport taking them out, a bit a bit disconcerting for me, uh, because when you know after that round one, five and six they play each other, seven and eight you. If you can't beat Bridgeport, you're not going to be competitive against anybody who yeah. comes out of seven and eight. And I, and I know that's kind of a, for, a you know a foregone conclusion that you know you're not going to get Gilmer or Pleasant Grove or Carthage, but or or even Center probably in the top four of, of those teams. But I, at that point, I just want to see some competitiveness. And if you can't beat Bridgeport, you're not being competitive in the second round. If you get out of the first round,
0: yeah, th- th- this is one of those where the first rounds will look good on the DFW side, but then that second and third round are just they're, like I said they won't even make the third round all right, 6'4 a division two uh i guess it's cattle mills uh they, they all start district this week cattle mills has uh lincoln sunnyville has quinlan ford that's kind of a calibration game again inside this district not outside the district you know this was a district i, I thought cattle mills and sunnyville were finally starting to establish themselves as bona fide teams that can go two or three rounds into the playoffs and yet they both seem to have taken a step back this year
1: yeah and and even from week to week within the season that there, there, there's been some head scratchers, you know, the, the highs of Sunnyvale beating Carter and, and then the lows. And, and, you know, I just don't even know what to make of this district uh, at this point, you know, Lincoln's going to have some athletes. They got Byron Eaton jr. So I, I thought they may, they may be a little bit better, but they, they haven't, they've had a couple of opportunities uh, other than the Ody game. They haven't really been impressive even in their losses. Uh, Cattle Mills, couple of head scratchers. Like Quinlan Ford, couple of head scratchers. So this district is, is wide open, and if we find that there's even a little bit more parity, if if Will's Point has maybe figured something out, if Lincoln is a little bit better than we we figured out because they've been playing such uh, bigger teams and, and and playing some rivalry games. This district could, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw Roosevelt out there. I, I don't have much faith in them, uh, but those five teams are going to play fun football against each other. But I, like, like you said, regionally and, and statewide, this is not a a district of, of concern when you're thinking about who's going to be playing uh, and practicing for Thanksgiving.
0: Well, and, and to be fair, sometimes we, we, we tend to, and this is what our job is, is to look ahead and pick the, 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 the Titans of the, the class and who are going to be playing at Thanksgiving and beyond but sometimes these districts they might get beat in the first round or second round but there's some of as you said some of the most enjoyable football you look at a will's point team that just man every time they take one step forward the last 10 years they take three steps back Uh, the last three years they've won a combined two games Uh, yet here they are at two and three uh, and they look like a team that could end up in the bottom half of this making the playoffs and yeah they'll they'll get their butts beat off in the first round but hey it's at least fun to see them do that all right Let's now go to three, a, we'll start three, three, a division one. Uh, you've got basically, I think the, you know, the second place game. I know they're both undefeated, uh, but Clyde and Vernon play. I still, even though Jim Ned has got a quarterback injury uh, and they've got to figure that out and they lost to Eastland. And that was a odd one. I still think they're the favorite in this district.
1: Yeah, I think Jim Ned has to be considered the favorite. Uh, but, you know, really, you, you got, and we saw this in the last couple of years. You know, when Jim Ned was not that state ranked top tier team, uh three 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 a got really competitive with yep. it, with, within those top four. And uh, just crazy tiebreakers. Even last year, yeah, I think there was a Breckenridge and Iowa Park tiebreaker, and we we're trying to figure it out on the District 4 3A report about, you know, who's going to get seating and, and point differentials and whatnot. And this district really has the feel of those four teams all being able to beat any given team on any given week. And I'm sure uh, Iowa Park's just sitting there thinking, "Hey, don't forget about us. You know, we, we can uh, play right there as well." And Iowa Park is, is a team that can be dangerous. That if you're having an off game of Clyde or Vernon uh, or, or Breckenridge, gives them a turnover or two, they could steal a win uh, and, and create some calibration issues. Uh, Clyde and Vernon both five and zero oh this week. That's going to be a fun game. That that's one just just um, flip a coin legitimately. Yeah. I, I looked at a couple of computer polls and it's one two, you know, depending on what it, which computer bowl, one point uh, for Clyde, two points for Vernon pick em. Uh So, you know, at this point, I'm, I, I I'm not smart enough to know uh, who's got the edge in that one, uh, but uh, it's going to be fun football. And uh, in th- those are important games because when you're looking at three, four uh, and, and you start looking at the playoff, uh you know, you definitely want, to avoid that third seed because yep. first and second seed paradise Brock, uh, that's where things get really tough. So, uh, and one touchdown score, like we saw it, uh, last year in, in the three way tie, if you got a three way tie for second place, you know, a really good team is going to be third and a really good team is going to be fourth and every point matters. And the way that ends up working, how that, that first district game or that first by district game happens, it's big. And when you have this kind of Perry driven uh, district in three, three, a, you got to bring your, best game every single week. Cause even points matter and style points matter because you never know when a, when an Iowa park is going to steal a win. I think even Bowie is good enough uh, to steal a win. If you give, give them two or three turnovers.
0: Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. And I think this year, that bottom half of four three A's, we transition over there to talk about them. I think they can actually be beat by the, the district three three A teams, uh, but four three A division one this week. Brock's off. Uh, Paradise is playing Boyd. Really, you've you've only got calibration games. Uh, Whitesboro and Peaster. We'll see if Peaster has any fight left. Uh, same thing with Pilot Point. Ponder. You know, I think Ponder is zero one in district, but them. You know, they had their first game get. Pulled out from under them. Valley View declined to play them after their quarterback moved over to Ponder, uh, and that forced Ponder to get a private school in week two of the or week two of district because they He didn't want Coach Schultz didn't want to have two bye weeks in the same season. I think it actually ended up helping them because they were a three touchdown underdog and they beat Houston St. Pius. And talking with him, the confidence of Ponder is really high right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I was watching some of the highlights on it. I I, I talked extensively about it in the district four, three, a report. Their sophomore quarterback at Ponder looks really good. My I mean, surprise, he looks yeah. the part. Uh, the way he reads the field, he's probably the best athlete on the field. Now, other than uh, uh, the, the the good receiver Peacock, they're they were gonna struggle on the on the lines. You know, Ponder yep. is gonna get beat up on the offensive and defensive lines. And it did take them going four turnovers. You know, Bias X had four turnovers. They had none, uh, but they were able to take advantage of that. And you know, that's what we're talking about with District Three, Three A. When I thought, you know, if Bo- he gets a game like that, uh, where, you know, a, a Vernon gives them three or four turnovers. They're good enough to beat them. And ponder showed me that, you know, they're good enough to beat a good team if they are given a gift, uh, and and that's more important for Whitesboro because Whitesboro has been a little bit turnover happy, yep. and if Whitesboro gives Ponder a gift, Ponder has shown they can take advantage of of, of an early Christmas present. Uh, so I think it's Ponder Pister four five, uh, and and Pilot Point and Boyd are going to be uh, fighting when they when they play each other for their only one in the district. Uh, but Ponder has shown me that uh, with their youth, because there there are very so many sophomores on that team. That just about everybody who ran the ball uh, was a sophomore their quarterback is a sophomore. Uh, they've got good senior leadership and on the receiver side of the, of the, of things that ponder looks to be a team that is a solid middle tier team that is going to play consistent when they play paradise and Brock, they're going to lose by 50, yep. but when they play, uh, when they play teams within their, uh, you know, their, their fight range, they're going to be good. They're going to stand up. And I think they showed that uh, when they played crumb and now against Pius X. They're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the bottom half of that district fighting for that four seed.
0: All right. Now let's go to a district that truly spans the whole width of North Texas, five, three, a division one. You got teams in East Texas and Mount Vernon all the way to Pottsboro Uh, commerce felt, to earth last week, but you kind of knew they would. I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a fight, but I really do think Winsboro is special this year. Uh, But you've got Winsboro. They're playing Mount Vernon, Uh, Mount Vernon, four and two, one and one in district. Uh, they're in a rebuild mode. I think Winsboro rolls in that one. To me, the interesting game on the week is just to see, does Commerce bounce back and beat an Emory Reigns team that they should beat by a lot of points and solidify themselves as a real playoff threat in this district?
1: You know, I, I just want to kind of go on a little bit of a tangent. Sure, I, I appreciate man. everything you just said and how you set set me up and uh, to kind of break this down. But I feel like I'm one of the only people who – thinks that Potsboro is better than Winsboro. And I don't get why people are thinking Winsboro is better than Potsboro. Look at last year, Potsboro won that game and Potsboro is I think trending up a little more than what Winsboro is. I know they both got a, a lot coming back. And, uh, but you know, for, for me, Potsboro is the favorite in this district. And I'm a, I'm a, i am ai am I see the, the, the Dave Campbell rankings. And even you kind of just gave, gave you that know, Winsboro, you know, what about Potsboro? Well, what has Potsboro done this year that's kind of made you dismiss them, even though they're five and zero and and have some nice style points in in those five wins, to where you just kind of like this is Winsboro's district?
0: I just think I think this year Potsboro is so reliant on Major McBride and Major McBride's a special player, I think Winsboro just has more diversity of that offense. You've got Finney at quarterback. You've got maybe the three best wide receivers in the state all on one team in four or in 3A, Will Wilcox, Malik Reddick, and Tristan Samarja. I, I just think that, and let's remember last year, Pottsboro won, it was 36-35. Uh, in fact, I think they went for two to, to to get the win. And I think that that game's a toss-up game. I, I in no way think Winsboro is, is going to beat Potsboro by three or four touchdowns. And I think both of these teams will play. long time. And in fact, I think there's a better than not chance we see a Pottsboro-Winsboro rematch in the playoffs. I just think Winsboro this year is a little bit deeper of a team.
1: Fair enough, uh, but you know, for, for me, that I, I thought Pottsboro, uh last year was kind of their rebuilding year, and this is their year, you know. And and and, and they've shown me that uh, so far. Yeah, you've had to re- you have to be lucky with major, uh, but so far they've been lucky, and and you know they haven't had any major injuries. And yep. uh, the, the depth might not be there, but the top twenty-two that you saw in week one is still mostly there in, in week five. And, and I even see, in their scores are getting. I, I'm seeing, you know, if I expect them to win by ten, they're winning by twenty. You know, and it's kind of progressing up in that way to where I'm my level of confidence in Potsboro is increasing and they are reigning and defending. Uh, so Winsboro, what does Winsboro do to, to uh, uh, usurp them? I haven't seen it yet. So this is going to be one of our uh, debate games that when we talk about five, three, a over the next few weeks, until this gets settled, not once, but maybe twice, uh, depending on when they play uh, each other, I know Malakoff is, is probably the uh, odds on favorite to come out of this region, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, Winsboro Potsboro, that's definitely fun. Uh, the the battle of the boroughs, uh but but this week in, in getting to more what you're talking about, I think we're going to uh Mount Vernon has had some head scratching a little yeah. bit because they've played up and they've played down uh at, at times uh, so I think Mount Vernon may be a little bit better uh, than their pedigree might suggest, but I think Winsboro is still a big favorite uh Pottsboro can name their score and uh and, and certainly uh commerce can name their score against Emory Reigns. Emory rains, a couple of years, you know I thought they were. I thought they got it figured out, but not this year.
0: Yeah, it felt like when they had Barnes there a couple years ago and then he just kind of, he kind of retired out of nowhere. He's, I think the administration kind of ticked him off and since then they've kind of backtracked. Hey, as we move over to 7 3 did anything big happen in that Whitney game that you read about? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there, there, there's some
1: stuff out there, you know, you know but, but why, why, why don't you give your perspective of it? Right. Uh, not not only necessarily on what happened, but what you think the media coverage has, has been on that because I've seen, it's almost like there's this political undertow that we got to find a way to defend the referees, uh, you know, because, you know, certainly kids, and I, I just don't know what anybody could see in that video that would just make you think, oh, well there, there's, you know, let's hear the referee side. There's clearly a second side here. This was just dumb on the referee's part bad day or whatever, I mean, maybe that's your mitigating circumstance, but there's never an excuse for what we saw in the field.
0: Uh, you know, so to, to just to recap in case somebody has not heard and they've lived under a rocket, and I've had family members that have no idea what Texas high school football is message me about this. Uh, a Whitney player was running a route and him and, or I think it was on defense, I can't remember now, but him and the referee yeah. looked like they collided a couple times and then the, as the player turns toward the ref, at first I, I will admit, I had no contact I just saw the video at first. I thought, oh, maybe his hand got stuck in, in the guy's helmet. Yeah, he shouldn't have contacted the kid. But then if you watch afterwards how the ref reacts, where he kind of just throws the helmet down and then throws the flag, that, that that just that just gives it all to me that, yeah, dude, you're being a douche. I agree with you about the whole—I don't think it's necessarily trying to protect the ref. I just think we're just in a weird news— social media political era now where everybody's always assuming there's more to the story and sometimes it's just like hey the video can sometimes just be exactly what happened and what happened was an official probably shouldn't be officiating uh reacted and did something stupid and i also think there might be some trying to defend it because we you know we keep being told hey guys there's a shortage in refs so let's be nice yeah there's a shortage and yeah you can be a little bit nicer on some of the calls i get that and i've even heard coaches Just tell me that, like, you know, I really wanted to go off, but I have to remember that, you know, this might be a kid that hasn't refed games before and he's being thrown into a live fire situation. But in saying that, this was terrible. As bad as when the players tackled the official a few years ago, this was just as bad the other way around. And there should be no defending of the official. He is the adult in the room. I don't care if that kid was running up to him and nutting him every play. You're the adult on the field. You have to act like it
1: and you have to control that situation yes. if there has been a situation where this is the third thing and we're just seeing this video out of context and he's been warned or whatever you still have like you said you have to be the adult in the room kick him out i mean at at, at that point go talk to the or but if you've got to that point especially since he's the coach's kid Go talk to the, the the you know go talk to the coach yes. and say look I mean I, I'm sure this has happened I'm not the fleetest of foot because if you look at that guy he's not the fleetest <laughs> of foot he's got to figure he's got to figure out how to, you know how to cross uh, while I'm maintaining my position or I'm gonna have to throw him out of the game because he's hit me twice and this can't can't happen the third time so if you need to talk to him whatever you need to do but, but his response to that was completely unacceptable. Uh, and, and I hate to see the officials go viral for that sort of reason. Uh, but this is the the epitome of angry grandpa, you know, taking out uh, on a kid. And it's just completely unacceptable. And depending on how, you know, fortunately his helmet was loose enough yeah. because you get that kind of yanking situation there you can really, especially with the the leverage going on, you can really hurt a kid and, and that's completely unacceptable to see. Uh, and, and it kind of over, almost overshadows the fact that Whitney's a pretty dang good football team this year.
0: Yeah, the Wildcats are 5-0. and oh, uh, This is a really big district. They're already three games in, yet they played probably their true district threat in week two uh, when they beat West. And West has been an enigma all year long. They've looked good, but they've lost, but th- they've Actually, looked better in their losses to Lorena, mainly Lorena. The Whitney game got away from them at the end. Then they struggle with Madison. They struggled with Godley. Uh, and, and you know, I really thought and the West is throwing the ball a little bit more. That's something they, they haven't done as much as they used to. I mean, they 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 used to run a lot more, and they've got a really good quarterback in Gus McCrane or Gus Crane. Uh, but yeah, West has been confusing. And then May Pearl is sitting at four and one, but they got beat by Grandview 34 to nothing. I, I thought this district was going to be deeper Uh, and it's right now it's Grandview it's Whitney and then it's everybody else and I think West is in the everybody else now I don't think you can put West above everybody else anymore
1: yeah West was right there as a team that was consistently playing with Malakoff, and uh, regionally speaking and and now they're just kind of Uh, wiped off. But one thing we talked about last week uh, when we're talking about small schools, and I think, you know, it's got to be a little bit of a credit. And I think it has to be said, you look at the bottom half of this district and it's not good, but you know, you know what, Terry, they're showing up every single week consistently for years. You're not seeing forfeits. You're not seeing this kind of crazy, you know, we're we're giving up or whatever they're they're showing up, they're losing 76 to nothing. And they are showing up every single week, bringing everything out. And you, you got a plus Academy and inspire vision and gateway charter. These are schools that, you know, you may not have consistently heard of. And we are talking about how we're getting tired of teams quitting and and doing that. I got to give the bottom half of this credit uh, district credit for showing up in a very tough district week after week, year after year. That's, that's very impressive to me.
0: No, I, I totally agree. You look at a team like Madison; uh, they're two and four on the year. Uh, they they start out district two and zero, but th- that's because they played Gateway and Inspired Vision. They lost the last two games to West and Whitney. But you know, yeah, the Whitney game got out of hand, but the West game was a one possession game for most of it. And even the Whitney game, they kind of scored with them there early. Uh, and, and here they are sitting with a chance to to again make the playoffs. And yeah, I know they're going <laughs> to probably play Malakoff in the first round again, and it'll probably be ugly. Uh, but for Madison, it's just putting together two playoff years is something that they haven't done since hell. I think the Sean, you know, the Bree McNeil days back in 08 and 09 back when they were really a true state threat. So I totally agree with you in this era where you have teams ready to, back out as soon as they can, uh, especially if they think they're going to lose and they need to save their players for the games they really can win. Give this big district credit. It, they might not go far third and fourth place teams, but at least they're they're really trying and, and really hard. And by the way, we could be seeing, if things fall right, we could be seeing a West versus Malakoff round one game this year.
1: Yeah, and, and I remember seeing that game uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was like a 14-7 game. Uh, and, and, I mean, that was, you know, to me, it was like west Showing up and saying, "Okay, we've arrived," but they have definitely taken a couple steps back. And uh, you know, right now, uh, I, I think they're, they would be competitive if they're not in the fourth seed against the eight three A teams. Uh, but West has definitely dropped off. You know, my regional chart. I mean, they used to be. I think for the last two years, they were in the top five at some point uh, in in my, uh, my four, four or my three, a division one rankings, uh, right up there with, you know, with Brock and, in Whitesboro at the time. But now, you know, I might, if, if I did a top 10, I don't even know if they'd be in the top 10 right now.
0: No, I don't think so, but they're learning how to be a true sustained program. You, it's easy when you, when you've got the heavy senior classes and, and, and all that, you become a true legitimate program when in your, Quote unquote down years, you're still pulling out 10, 11 wins. And, and that's where West is, is having to learn. All right, let's go to 5 3A Division 2. Uh, you know, you got Jacksboro and everybody else. Uh, you know, you got Millsap. I think we do a Millsap show. I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, Comanche kind of laid a, a, a big burger last week against Albany and Toller back to back weeks, actually, after they started out 3 0 and they had two shutouts. And, you know, they, they're.
1: <laughs> (laughs) I'm going to shut you down. You, 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 you hush up right now. You, you are disrespecting Comanche a little too much for for, for my
0: head. They
1: played taller in Albany. I mean, we've probably got number one in two, a division one, number one in two, a division two. I mean, it wasn't as competitive, but they're playing those games. <laughs> Jacksboro has been playing the Sisters of the Poor. To me, Comanche—it's Comanche and everybody else. You're saying it's Jacksboro? No, it's we'll Comanche see. and everybody else. Jacksboro's got the nice record, uh, but this district goes through 377, in my opinion.
0: Well, my issue with Comanche is not really an issue, but they talked about la- how last year they learned to be more physical and they were going to be tougher, and, and then they blow through their first three opponents and then the first two games. Now, and give them credit—last year they actually beat Albany, uh, but th- their first. two, Two tough games toller and albany they gave up like i think 500 combined total rushing yards and they weren't able to stop anybody and you're right though jacksboro hasn't played anybody but i I still i still think jacksboro right now is the better team you know this is a game last year uh that was it turned out to be a 53 33 but going into the fourth quarter uh comanche had a three-point lead and a couple turnovers went their way uh jacksboro's got 18 returning starters. They have a really good quarterback in Lando Belcher. I, I just think right now, Jacksboro might be the better team. We'll know next week though, because these two teams play next week now. And also everybody needs to watch out for, and I know this sounds crazy Eastland, but Eastland's quietly been getting better each week. And they have played a hell of a schedule, losing to wall, losing to Clyde, losing to Holly, losing to Breckenridge, beating Jim Ned last week. So if nothing else, we'll find out this week. Cause if, if they're, if they're ripe to be beat, jacksboro by eastland it would happen now because i think eastland has their most confidence they've had all year
1: i'm gonna go ahead and say it right here for the
0: audio give me eastland over jacksboro I love it. Upset pick of the week. I love it. And I don't think you're that far off. Again, Eastland Eastland was supposed to be better than their 1-9 team last year. Of course, James Morton left at the late into of the offseason. Uh, but, you know, they returned everybody from that team. And it wasn't like they were a 1-9 team just completely getting destroyed by everybody. They had some bad losses. But there was also two or three one-possession losses that could have completely changed how the season went for them. All right. Holiday. Over in six three A Division Two, I think they played their most complete game of the year last week at homecoming, beating Snyder thirty one to nothing. And I think Holiday's feeling real good about themselves going into district play. And
1: they should play, uh, feel good about themselves. This is a kind of a down district. Uh, yeah. I've been very impressed with which, Wichita all City View. Uh, They're a team I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on. calisburg uh, uh, at times ha- has been impressive, but you know sometimes they pay out, play out of their pay grade. Uh, so Holiday and who else? But really, at the end of the day, when we were talking about Region Two and Three A Division Two, you know you, you've got uh, Gunter and, and Holiday yeah. in, in the region, and you got gunner and Canadian in the state semifinals, and that's one of the things. I I get annoyed about that. You could just pencil these things in for years and years and years, but, these, these teams are so far much better uh, than, than the, the, the opponents and, and who they're playing that you can just pretty much uh, uh, chalk it in. But you, you know, you talked about, you got, you got a little uppity when I was talking about, we can just sort of eliminate these teams and, and focus on that and, and talking about some of the smaller things. And, and last year, seven, three, uh, a division two was really that for me watching some of these teams grow up, yeah. watching Palmer get better, watching scurry Rosser, get better, watching Mildred get better. And you can kind of see the fruit of the labors uh, as they, as it's coming across this year in the district. So even though, you know, it's, it's not the most competitive there, there's no gunter, there's no holiday in that. It's still fun to watch these teams grow up because a couple of years ago, we could have been very flippant about paradise. And now all of a yep. sudden paradise is a- incredibly on our right radar. On. And you could watch that happen over the last two years. So it's very important to keep an eye on those teams because you never know when that next paradise is going to come out. And, and, and they're there, they're, they're hiding in plain sight. If you're looking, well,
0: and, and to to. to talk about that more you look you talk about scurry rosser now they ended up losing that playoff game to holiday 31 to 10 but they gave holiday fits in that first half and, and at the time it was you know coach frank johnson was the head coach of holiday and he talked about man their athleticism just gave us a lot of problems in that game and, and scurry rosser kind of spit the bit in the second half and started turning the ball over uh, but you, you look at them they're six and zero this year they have a new coach but they have almost everybody back from that team last year and as you talked about palmer two losses a, a shootout to west Westwood, Palestine Westwood, who's not a great team but they can score and then they lost to to rogers by seven uh but they beat blooming grove last week to start district play or to the second week of district play and a lot of people thought uh, blooming grove was going to maybe uh surprise some people after the way they lost to palmer so that's going to be an interesting game and i agree I, i think this district i think this district's not only fun but i think you could see a couple teams in this district at least get to that second round and that's where you run into the bells and things like that though
1: yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, you know, th- there was uh, three eight, eight, uh, a ended up sweeping seven, three, a, and I, I was at Leonard against uh, one of the teams over there. And, and they, th- as a four seed, they ended up winning that game uh, in, in a, in a close one. Uh, but, you know, so I kind of, you know, dismissed seven, three as, as that team. But over the last two years, like you said, they have gotten better uh, other than Cedar Hill Trinity leadership, which you know the, 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 the give up factor that they have is, yeah. annoys both of us. Yes. Uh, but you know they did at least make it out of in, in that fourth spot last year to give up. Uh, but uh, I really like Mildred and, and Bloom, Blooming Grove, and I think that the four teams in this district are much better now. To where, you know, it's probably when they play 8 3A, uh, eight, it's probably a 2 2 split. You know, Gunner and Bells are going to win their games, uh, but, you know, the Scurry, Rosser, and Palmer, or even if Mildred can get into that uh, second seed, they're probably going to beat the Leonard, Howell, uh Blue Ridge, uh, low Oak, whoever comes out of there, which is going to be fun because there's a legitimate four teams in 8 3A who can all compete uh, for that second, uh, third, and fourth spot behind Gunner and Bells. So th- that's fun football when you have, you know, literally any. Anybody can make this
0: uh make the playoffs in A three A. Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk A three A with Bells and Gunner. They play this week. Look, I, I will give Bells credit. I thought I thought that they would take a little bit more of a step back than they have. Uh, they beat a, a a Munster team that's young but still a Munster team that will probably finished second in their district. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Uh, They beat Whitesboro. They destroyed Pilot Point. They beat Cowsburg. And like you said, Cowsburg's an interesting team because they have a couple losses, but they've been competitive with a competitive schedule. In saying all that, Unfortunately for Bells, and then also, again, looking at the region, maybe Holiday as well, I just don't think it, anybody's touching Gunner. I've seen Gunner. I've seen Canadian. I've seen a lot of teams up to this point, and, and to be honest with you, those two teams are the best two teams I've seen no matter if it's 4A3 or, a2, or 2A or two live. The, those Gunner and Canadian, I'm tired of, of teams playing each other over and over, but at least with this one, it's literally a split down the middle. You never know who's going to win. And right now, if, if, if Canadian and Gunner play today, it's a toss game.
1: It absolutely is. And, and give Bells credit because I thought Whitesboro would do what Bells too. was doing. I thought Whitesboro would show year three, they've had to graduate that big senior class. How can they reload? Bells is doing it. Whitesboro is not. So you've got to give Bells that credit uh, that that coach West over there is, is building this program to where slot in the next class we're, we're going on. We're not gunters, uh, but we are definitely moving on to the, to the next big thing. And, and still, even though we're talking about this Bells is probably the third best team in this region with basically a whole new class of, of kids. Uh, so they got to get credit for that.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you, and it's just unfortunate for them. as, as you've got Gunner? It's just somehow has taken a team that had went to three state straight state championship games, winning two of them, and they might be better. And then holidays, just holiday, man. Holidays just in any other region, holidays uh, might might be a region threat, but in this region, they're just it's it's just a pecking order. But you never know, man. You know how it is. Playoff football. If it's cold, if it's wet, if it's windy, you get you know. Remember last year, that first week of the uh, playoffs was one of those weird crazy weather days and we had a lot of weird games go different ways Uh, Columbus beat uh, uh, Lorena and I'm not saying that Columbus wasn't better than Lorena but it just kind of felt like Columbus used that weather to their advantage but anyway let's go to five to a division one Uh, this is one of the districts that I know you love to talk about and boy we have a what on paper is supposed to be a Big old showdown, Taller versus Coleman. Grant and I talked about this game. I think this is one of those games the writers love to talk about. We, as podcasters, love to talk about. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Blue Cats can stay on the field with the Rattlers.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be competitive at all. I mean, it's just, you know, if Coleman can keep this game within three scores, I think that boosts their chance of maybe even getting a rematch against, uh, yeah. you know, maybe being get to that next level. Uh, but Toller is way better than just uh, everybody in this district. They proved it last week uh, against Hamilton. There's really only two teams that uh, can play with Toller in, in this district it's Coleman and Hamilton. Both teams are going to uh, get their losses out of the way pretty early, uh, and uh, then is going to kind of go through it. And and really, for Toller, the one thing I'm keeping an eye on, uh, their Achilles heel there at the end of the day has been Crawford. You know, uh, three yeah. straight losses to Crawford regular season playoff. Uh, they just can't get past Crawford. Uh, Crawford looks way beatable now, uh, you know, and, and Crawford doesn't even look like, you know, may, they may not even win their district in, in eight uh, two eight eight a. Uh, so if, the, if Crawford is down and finally Toller can get past that window, they could be playing on Wednesday night in, in Arlington.
0: Yeah. The, the issue for Toller is if Peyton Brown's going to come back, if Peyton Brown comes back to me, them and Malakoff have been the two teams that took their losses put that chip on their shoulder and have used it in the offseason to be way better teams than even they were last year and it's not like toller was bad they were 13 and one last year uh but yeah if, if peyton brown comes back i i do think you have to worry sometimes we talked about this before if crawford's the big target and then crawford's not there is there a little bit of a letdown and sometimes you see that happen with teams
1: but, you know, even if they're not, you know, they're, you know, who is it going to be Marlon? I mean, I watched them beat Marlin by 50 last yeah. year uh, at Crowley. So I, I think if they're seeing Marlin instead of Crawford, they're just salivating at this point. I don't think, I think they're, and even though, you know, Peyton Brown, you know, I, I don't know what his injury update is. But when I watched them against Pister in the first week of the season, uh, Isaac blessing, their quarterback was the best player yes. on the team at, at that point. So uh, you know, they've got decent depth and obviously you can't lose a player like him. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's a, a state championship issue. If they don't have him, they're not winning the state title. Uh, but I think they they could still get to the state semifinals uh, without him and maybe even to the state championship game, but they definitely need him uh, to, to beat Terry Bussey.
0: All right, we're going to skip six and seven for this week because we're, we're winding down, and I definitely want to talk uh, Cooper and I want to talk Honeygrove in that district. And the main reason why, and and, and, and they kind of did this last year, but Honeygrove hasn't given up any points, N- not one, not to anybody. And, and, no, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but like Grant said, you go four games into the season and you haven't given up a point. You're, you've at least got something, uh, and, and and so I'm curious to see where they're going to calibrate. They play Cooper next week. Uh, excuse me, in two weeks on the 20th, and Grant and I might end up at that game. Uh, but I've been saying it all year long, and, and I keep trying to tell people that Cooper, what they did last year going all the way to Timpson, beating Joaquin in that third round, uh, or that fourth round, excuse me, it's not a shock. C- Cooper is a team that I still could all think could give Timpson another game this year because that was a one-possession game going in the fourth quarter last year. Uh, and, and I think the Bulldogs are really, really solid again.
1: They they are very solid, but again, it, it, it's regionally. You know, yeah. if, if you would if you put them in, in region two, uh, you know, we we'd be talking uh, other than Toller, you know, you take Toller out, uh, you know, they could be competing with Coleman and, and, and Hamilton and, and, and Marlin. Uh but in this region, you got Beckville who just took the Hawkins Hawks out to the wow. woodshed this past week with the ninety-two to twelve uh, outcome out there. Yeah. You know, I always I check on a few schools every week, Celeste and and Hawkins are, are, are two of them. And when I saw that score, I, I, had, I had to do, I had to verify with a couple of resources to make sure I wasn't uh, seeing some spam there. But when Beckville's uh, official Twitter page had that, I was like, okay, well, that, that's something right there. And then, you know, you got Timson and you got Garrison. This is a loaded region. So Cooper, even though Cooper and Honeygrove, even though they are both at very high levels, can they, can they make a run uh, and, and can they get past some of these obstacles? Uh, and, and that's going to be tough. And, and uh, honey Grove, I, I still worry about who they have played. I, I get it. You know, two 19 and nothing is, is a heck of a start. Uh, Cooper has shown that, they, that they're beatable against uh, the, the right kind of teams. I'm interested now in the uh, golden, golden Wolf city this week, because I think that's going to be uh, potentially for the third playoff yes. spot, which uh, gets you out of a, a, a tougher playoff game. So I think that's going to be an important game uh, to watch Wolf city. Uh, they beat Celeste. So I'm a little down on Wolf city, but uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a fun game, right there.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and finish up tonight in eight to a division Two, uh, the Celeste Bulldogs, boy, they they messed around last week and almost let a a, a little scrappy Lindsey Knight team that can can move the ball at times, but they're kind of smallish roster size and depth wise, and just pure size wise. uh the, the Celeste let Lindsey play around and almost pull the upset off, of his but Celeste scores uh, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to pull away. Uh, that's all that matters. They're two and zero in district, uh, and that's important. But that game is a little bit of a concern for me for the Blue Devils.
1: Oh, it really is. And and they messed around and, and we talked about it last week. Maybe Lindsay is getting a little bit better. Uh, you know, maybe that, that they're, they're starting to take that next step. You don't want to see it at uh, the expense of, uh, of your beloved, beloved blue devils. I don't mind putting on, I got family out there. So I'm allowed to do it's that allowed, with them yep. in Plano East. Uh, but you know, I, I think that shows me that they're not quite at that Munster and Collinsville level uh, if they're going to mess around with Lindsay. Uh, so even the third seed, you know, when you look at who they're going to be playing uh, in, in seven seven two eight, a things can still Uh, break their way for a couple of rounds. But uh, the, the, the fact that they were trailing at halftime and uh, through the fourth quarter, that doesn't really necessarily bode well for their intra district chances and then their their regional uh strengths uh I think of Celeste that th- three years ago when uh you know they took San Saba to the you know third round in, yep. in a multiple overtime game that's where I was hoping that this year would get to and they're not close to that
0: now and I tell you what uh Collinsville is, right now is probably the class of this district but I don't want to count out Munster that's a young team that had a lot of injuries early they played a hell of a schedule Bell's parents Paradise, Winthorpe, and Pottsboro, uh, they're finally getting 100% healthy. Their sophomores are starting to get enough snaps where they're not really sophomores anymore. I still think Collinsville wins the district, but I don't want to play a Munster team that has the pedigree that they do in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Absolutely not. And and that's almost like the 2A equivalent of, you know, a a South Oak Cliff schedule right there. I mean, when Munster has seen Paradise, Uh, And and now they're, you know, looking across at Celeste and Collinsville and Santo and Chico. It's a different game. It's a different speed. So I give them the credit and I think that will pay dividends for them.
0: Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. As always, I want to thank Matt for joining me here. He also joins me on the 7 4 Division One show where we talk Salina, uh, Panther Creek, Dallas Carter, Pinkston, Wilmer Hutchins, and all that. That's brought to you by Grandy's Bakery, by the way. Uh, and we do appreciate him being here on the Power Plus Mouth Guard North Texas show. That was a lot of information in a short period of time. I love doing the shows with him because me and him kind of, everything's very bang, bang. We just bounce from topic to topic. Uh, I, I always value his views on things, and, and I was really interested to see what he thought about the whole Whitney official uh, and all that. And, and uh, it was just an interesting take from Matt, and I, I totally agree with him about it. Uh, and, and he always gives interesting takes, and that's why it's fun to uh, talk to him. If you have any questions for this show, You can email them to me, terry at s2sport.com. And if it fits the show, I will read it on the air and we'll ask Matt. So you can please do that. And, again, you can find us on Twitter, at Grant and Terry, on Facebook, sideline to sideline. Again, any questions, terry at s2sport.com. We want to also thank Power Plus Mouthguard. PowerPlusMouthguard.com. You can find their shop on their website. Uh, Also, uh, PowerPlusMouthguard.com forward slash collections forward slash shop. Uh, Put in the code 2023 and get a discount. All right, week seven in the books, week eight. We'll talk about it next week right here on the Power Plus Mouthguard North Texas Region Show on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media.